welcome to Bad Movie Brunch. I'm Luke. I'm Katie. And I'm Taylor. And uh, we are back to talk about the gay deceivers. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no foreplay here. We're mm-hmm. we're we're rolling right into it because, Katie, everything about this from like suggestion to like registering the title in my head to sitting down and watching <laughs> to sitting down and watching the flick. Uh, it's just easily one of the most sensational choices we've made in our <laughs> 80 plus episode history of Bad Movie Brunch. So I need just off the bat to know uh, what what brought you to uh, bring this movie to the table. Absolutely. So uh, when when we were in high school, there wasn't a, a readily accessible Netflix where you could just find a gay movie section. No, definitely the closest- not. The closest thing I had available was the internet, and I would just uh, look up, like, what are all the gay movies? I need to see all the gay movies, because I don't know how to talk to people about being gay, so I can only experience it through the magic of cinema. Please tell me your ways, movies. And I would go to the Videorama, and I would get big stacks of movies, and I would hide them in my uh, baby blue monogrammed backpack that has my initials keg on it. And then I would watch them in secret <laughs> to try to, like, figure myself out. And this was one of them. And I remember being very curious about this one because, it uh, obviously, it's from the 60s. So it's a bit more of a, um, an older film than some of the other gay titles that were coming up. And uh, I sat down and I watched it and I was – I just remember being mortified like, I think I might have been about 15 and being just, like, I couldn't believe movies could be this bad. And I I felt, like, really, like, embarrassed for, like, everything involved with it. And, and it was, like, a, a source of, of shame. And I, I kind of put it away for, like, a really long time because it was just, like, I, I don't even know how to process that film. And I was thinking about it more recently because, um you know, when we went on uh, Jake and Jack's podcast... Uh, I um, I was talking about how I usually try to not pick films that are uh, horrible to watch that, that we have like a really sure, bad time. Sure. But I I was thinking to myself I feel like I feel like I should ret- return to that one and I want to bring you guys with me because I feel like I need an outside perspective that isn't just me being a mortified gay teenager. And sure. uh, and I I was pleased to see that it wasn't nearly as bad as I remembered it. It it's still horribly dated. Uh, and embarrassing to some degree, but but not as as awful, quite as awful as I, I remembered. Yeah, initial impression, like so, like based on you bring it to like bring it to us and me doing that first cursory Google and seeing what it was about, I was like, oh fuck, I was like, this is gonna be like tough. But no, dude, it was actually like surprisingly tame in a weird way. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you think, babe? Um, first of all, when I read the group text and I saw what you picked, I read it as the gay detective, Ooh, uh, <laughs> which I'm not gonna lie, I was like, ooh. And so when the first scene um, happens and it's like these men um, trying to not, or like, we just know that they are claiming to be gay so they can get out of being in the army. And like, at first I'm like, oh, is this guy the gay detective who's trying to make sure that there are no gay men in the army and that's just it? Like, he's the he's the detective of the gays? Or I was like, I was hoping it'd be a detective movie, but he just happened to be gay. 
was look at both those movies I was really looking forward to. This yeah. movie was so good. I just was like wondering. Was it good? Well, I was just wondering like two things. When I look mm-hmm. at it now and I'm like I'm here for like especially after Pride Month and um feeling like I'm like uh, uh as an ally, I was like well, these two straight white men seem stupid, you know? And so I was like, they're the fools in this movie. Everyone else mm-hmm. is just giving me life. And so I was like, I I don't know what it would be like to watch this movie in the actual, like, at a bot, like at an actual movie theater when it came out. Sure. So it's hard to not look at it with my eyes and be like, and also with my eyes of seen really bad movies recently or like movies that don't always have great portrayal like a, a, I'm thinking of the movie what did we watch um, uh, the movie that has all the transphobia in it oh Joanna Man. Man oh yeah um, I'm like thinking of that and then thinking of this movie I just was like maybe it's because I'm the there isn't a great spectrum of it I was like oh this movie isn't that bad but then I'm like I don't know if I can say that because I don't know what it was like to see this movie. It's all mad vague for the viewers until Katie does her summary thing. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I got ahead of myself. <laughs> uh, just to boil it down to the basics, uh, this is a movie about two young men who lie and say that they're gay to get out of the draft to go to Vietnam. And uh, they're both pretty preppy and rich. One of them is going off to be a law student and the other one is a beefy lifeguard. They're very heterosexual. One has a, uh, the law student has a fiance and the beefy lifeguard is uh, a Lothario. He he is beefy. and um, a real beef castle. (laughs) The king of beef castle, that one. And um, uh, they they start realizing that the army is going, is checking up on them. There's a guy that is making sure that they are who they say they are, that they're gay. He is the gay which... detective, babe. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I thought it was called. It would be a great alternate title. Just center on that guy. Um, and uh, so they decide that in order to make the Rusi more realistic, they need to move in together. And so they find a gay neighborhood with a lot of college, uh, excuse me, cottages, which are decorated by um, this their landlord Malcolm, who is this very flamboyantly gay man who is very warm and welcoming and takes these uh, boys at their word, and uh, tries to bring them into his community, to the gay community. And a lot of the uh, the so-called comedy of the film comes from these straight guys just being baffled at gay culture. And uh, just making utter fools of themselves and not being very convincing at all. And the, it, it, there's, there's a thing with this film where there's an opportunity for them to learn that, like, gay people have struggles. One of them, the, the beefcake, he gets fired from his job just because somebody thinks that he's gay. And there's no reflection on that at all about, like, what that means to be a gay person in the late 60s. Aside from, like, a brief conversation in a bar... But there's, there's sure. no real reflection. And uh, it ends with the two of them be- basically being like, well, the ruse is over. I'm going to go to the north. You're going to go to Florida. The movie's over. Like, like it ends weirdly abruptly. There, there's no, like, grand... Well, don't it forget doesn't the feel sh- very grand. Well, don't forget the Shyamalan twist. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, you're right. 
So at, after that, the two gentlemen from the army are talking and they're like, um, they're laughing about how oh, those boys thought that they could deceive us. Like we, we knew that they, <laughs> thinking, we knew that they weren't gay. And uh, they have like a, a moment and it's implied that the army is trying to keep straight people out of the military. Very tender embrace, like an earlobe little... Like they're like, and so it's like they're the straight ones. We got to make sure that they stay out of our army. It was weird. It's I was like, insane. I was like, I, I was like, you know, maybe that's why this movie didn't land. But like, they're like, what the fuck? Like critics and like the scenes are like, what did they just say? Like, yeah, like oh, the I whole bet. movie, they were like, oh yeah, totally. It'd be so weird, wouldn't it? And then they're like, wait, no. Uh, or like in some, like it hot, we're in um, that one of the characters mm, reveals that he's been perfect. a drag the whole time. Yeah, nobody is perfect. Yeah, it definitely I, feels like one of those. Why is why is some like it hot so popular and this one isn't like because I know I said that about Joanna Man but I'm legit asking like how much different is is because Marilyn Monroe's not in it. Uh, I think, I think some like it hot is funnier in, in many respects. I, I think that there's still some things that that haven't aged well, but I think that um, there's a little bit more tenderness in that movie. Okay. This movie is very mean. And uh, in a lot of respects. And and I feel like that one, the subversive twist comes from the fact that, like, uh, again, it's a case of, oh, I knew that, you know, this was a ruse all along. But but it's it's accepting rather than gatekeeping. And I, I think that might be a part of it. And, but, but, yeah, I do think, you know, you do have the Marilyn Monroe factor. Absolutely. Bold, bold move to, uh, to uh, you know, come out with an R-rated comedy, too. Because, like... It wasn't mm-hmm. like it wasn't like R-rated for being gay. It's R-rated because they say they say fuck and bitch and show boobs and like that dude's that beefcake's pale butt a lot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And it's a nice one, and like nice mm-hmm. and tanned. Um. Women love that dude in this movie. Um. My other question to you was how far away this is. This is less than a decade away from Three's Company. It's not that mm-hmm. much different than Three's Company. Uh. Aside from the military angle, is it not like they're they're pulling the same jokes? Um, mm-hmm. But is it like if that's but the whole is the fun of Three's Company that they're doing a sitcom and the only time that is the joke is when you know Don Knotts is like what's going on in there and and he's like oh nothing I'm gay like you know what I mean and and, they, <laughs> yeah. and you know you have you have the factor of again uh, a couple of really awesome leading ladies along with John Ritter. Uh, I want, I just, I, I'm, I'm just, it's so interesting to me. Like when you, when you say these things on the surface, they all sound kind of like the same thing, but some things like, like three's companies and some like it hot stick in pop culture as like, uh, you know, the renowned, a highlight, you know what I mean? I think Katie said earlier, like this movie, it's not light and fun. Like those other movies, these movie it's, I, I don't know if you said, I don't know if you use the word mean Katie, but it, she did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's what it feels, and we. I feel like we keep talking about endings too, where the payoff of that like big twist didn't really build up to anything. The people, the characters we've been like we're supposed to care about, about the ones who are, like now he's gonna move to the north and the other one's gonna move to Florida. Florida. It's not like we feel like they've learned anything, and it's not like we feel like their journeys are any better than what they were. Like uh, it doesn't. It feels weird. You pulled you. You think they pulled the taff like the taffy way too long? Like a ninety minutes for one single joke wasn't enough to make it matter without the the character development. Yes. I mean, we all get it, and there's there's funny stuff going on. Like that, the dude who's their landlord is funny. 
That dude's funny, mm-hmm. man. Like, he was cracking my shit. He's like, you dirty bitch! You crushed my peonies! <laughs> and I was, like, cracking up, bro. Like, like there's, there's some beats in this where I was like, this is funny. There's some choices in it where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, it's really nice to watch a flick from the late 60s and check out the editing and, like, the way they did their credit sequence and their title sequence at the beginning and end with, like, interesting, like, floral cutouts on animation. Like, there was a lot of, like you know really cool stuff to check out but then other on the other hand it's also looked like a tv movie in a lot of ways didn't it was this a tv mm-hmm. flick or was this a theatrical flick i believe it was a theatrical flick okay like full stop curious. is there a world um in the lgbtq plus community uh where this movie takes on cult status and is kind of like embraced because you're you know it's not I, don't get me wrong. All the tropes are there. It's terrible. And, and I could see mm-hmm. why it reads degrading. But where we're at in 2021 and the tame nature it sort of like felt like based on what it could have been, is there any any world where people are like, this is kind of funny and we take this back. Like, this is ours. Or are they well, just like, fuck uh, that. We're the butt of the joke in this. I would say that the caveat to that is that the difference is that I am a gay woman. And the the experience the experience of gay women is very different from the experience of gay men. We are joked about in very different ways. Um, in media, often um, gay women are for s- straight ogling, and or it's not believed that we have sexuality that is inherent to ourselves. It's more Got observable. It. But the the joke with gay men is, I think people are way more scared of gay men because people are very scared of femininity, and some people seem to associate the two. And, uh, which is interesting because I think that being a man and being with another man is quite masculine. And, um, so, so I think that, that gay men experience that a lot more intensely, like, like that kind of joking and that kind of fear and, and all that. Whereas, uh, the the, the threat of, of violence usually isn't as intense with, with lesbians. But, um, I will say that I do know that, uh, Vito Russo, uh, documented. This might have been lost to time if it were not for him, because he uh, put this in his book, The Celluloid Closet, which mm-hmm. I think kind of uh, brought it to the person who wrote the internet article where I found this. And I, I do think that there's a desire to um, capture gay history, uh, regardless, like like no matter how spots and all, basically. Like yeah, you just want to. Yeah, yeah, you want to be able to observe everything. And that's what where I was at as a teenager, even though I wasn't quite ready to face the reality of what that meant exactly. Sure, um, sure. The, the, the desire was there. And I think that, um, I, I do think that there's something to, to glean from this movie, just that, to, just to see, it's a time capsule of where we were in terms of humor, where we were in terms of gay rights. It, it mm-hmm. I believe this movie came out very shortly before Stonewall, or maybe shortly thereafter, but definitely written and filmed before Stonewall. So you have that mm-hmm. pre kind of misconception. And I do think, I really think that this movie is kind of like, um, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. I, I think that it's Ooh, politics and interesting heart. comparison. I, I think it's in the right place. I honestly do, because I was reading that Michael Greer, who plays Malcolm uh, Dijon in this film, he actually worked with the screenwriter to kind of tone down the, the homophobia and to make Malcolm more of a sympathetic character. And he was one of, like, the only out gay actors at the time. And this movie just destroyed his career. Like, oh, nobody wanted no. any part of it. I can, Basi- well, that's, I get that. Yeah. Just because of the era, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Man, that's so terrible to hear. 
but I, I do think he, he felt a responsibility. Like, like this is my, th- this is how I can get people comfortable with the idea that anyone can be gay. And that yeah. gay people can actually have, everybody that's gay in this movie has a community and isn't a, like, a long-term partnership mm-hmm. or goes to a bar. Like, they have friends and they have fun. And it's not all bleak, which is what a lot of the, the gay material was at the time. And so there's totally. a real brightness to this film that I think um, I just wasn't able to conceive of as a teenager because I was just so blown away by all the stereotypes and the decorating. Well, what yeah. you said, Katie, too, about, like, they that's where I was, like, with my eyes and watching it at this point in time, I was like, the two guys are the ones who are actually, like, the most dramatic and the most, like... They have nothing, I feel like. I was like, you live such, um, I don't know, what's the word? I'm like, like you live shallow? lifeless lives. Yes, shallow lives. They're like, just regular ass, like, suburban. Assholes. Like, frat boys. Yeah, vibes, I was like, you know what I mean? oh, you're, you're, he's, he's the one who's having sex with a married woman. Uh, he's having sex with lots of women. Yeah, but lots like. Lots of booty calls. And, and he, you know, and like, he, and I just was like, and every time he's on screen, I also feel like he's always. He, that guy always looks sad. I was like, uh, mm-hmm. the blonde, beefy guy? Yeah. You want to know what I was hoping? I was hoping he actually was going to be you know, gay. I was getting and the vibe. No, no, no. I'm with you, too. I was getting the vibe that that, that that was the twist instead of the army guys. Like I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because, or... Or the possibility that they, like, actually do embrace each other. And they were... You know what I mean? And I know they wouldn't do it because that's not this movie. But... They they could have gone that they could have gone those ways and made for a much more um, I think coherent narrative, but it doesn't really matter at that point. I mean, it ruined this fellow's career either way, so um, which is so sad to hear. Yeah, and well, and I'm just like uh, the, again, I just always I'm gonna preface like every sentence I say with this is coming from someone with eyes that are not from that time period. It is, but I was like, man. If I'm watching this movie and I'm the main character and I'm watching my life be shitty, being straight, and then seeing all of like the party they how went happy, to, how happy, how happy like the uh, bar, the landlord is, yeah. and he comes in and makes up like delicious omelets. And, I'm like, like, I want someone mm-hmm. to make me an omelet. Like they do make that life look way better. It's like, oh, now we live in this wonderful house with nice people who make good food and and like genuinely care about our interests. Yeah, like mm-hmm. who are willing to invite, like what you said about such a happy life. Like, it, they really did, I mean, so often cinema, you either get the trauma, you get for always un, um, underserved minority groups, we always see, okay, you can either put them in the movie and you make a main movie about how their life is a struggle, or, um, like, you know. John Voight has to do this with men to make money <laughs> in New York. Yeah, you know, and it's like, <laughs> or, and and then you don't get any of the joy, and I was like, these people, everyone's having fun. I'm like, mm-hmm. the people who aren't is the straight dad, the who's like so annoyed, and not even all that accusatory. No, like uh-uh. the parents are like, all right, all right, but like everybody's I, like, you know what I mean? It's like nobody's being like. But maybe that's also because it's that time. You know, that's where I'm saying where I'm like, maybe what he was saying was like Just denial. Well, yeah, or like what 
was happening at that point because maybe it was so hush hush that like the way you could insult someone was so different like i have Mm. no no identity with that time period to know how mean that movie could be feels like so long ago Mm. i mean like even like our parents were super young at that point who was who was this movie meant for would you say like who who was who who would they make this movie for like like straight dads yeah I think that okay. this is meant to get uh, general audiences comfortable with the idea of gay people. And if that means making gay people the butt of the joke, then so be it. Like, um, I, I know that a lot of people now kind of have a beef with um, Will and Grace, the original Will and Grace, mm-hmm. uh, because of how some of those storylines played out. But, like, you can't deny how revolutionary that sitcom was. Yeah. And even if some things haven't dated super well, like, on the whole... Like, I just remember the first time I ever heard the word lesbian was from Will and Grace. And mm-hmm. I remember the exact joke. It was uh, it was Jack saying, um, say something lesbianic. And the guest star that was Rosie O'Donnell says, uh, Home Depot. And he goes, <gasps> you are a lesbian. And that's so I, funny. <laughs> that's in there forever. And I, I'm so thankful to that show because that was... It, and it was a gentle way in. Like, there's a joke yeah. happening. There's a stereotype being highlighted. But it's it's with tenderness. And it, it's a way in. And I think that kind of thing... I, I think that's what they were trying to do. I really do. I think that they were just like... Through these kind of goons, these straight goons, who were meant to be the POV characters, the, the big mm-hmm. joke on the audience is that, no, these guys are goons. Like, the gay people are really, like... The, the sweet people in this narrative like you should be comfortable with this community i like that reading. and it's not that's good perfect but i think that's what happens i just think you're like you're like i don't know you're splitting you're splitting your box office right in half if you're in the 60s and being like they're mm-hmm. dodging the war isn't that fucked up <laughs> and also they're gay and it's like oh man i i, I can think of a lot of american dads who are like oh, i'm not seeing that shit <laughs> I, I think that the dads would, one, the title alone wouldn't bring them in. But if they did... What do they say? The, the what deceivers? The And then in the end, when it ends up being that the army is, is gay... That's what I'm saying. Oh. oh, it made my heart so happy. I was like, ooh. I, I'm actually... I was like, yeah. Let's take the most straight American... It's quite a twist. Like, mm, I'm serving take. my country. And then they're like, oh bold take um, i bet that's what most of the reviews are being like how dare you i wonder how dare you say that i wonder i'm not saying vietnam was the most popular thing obviously and that was divisive but i mean top to bottom like i'm never gonna go to bat for this movie but i i think that um somehow we did the impossible and found a way to watch this movie and and find <laughs> positives and i'm very impressed by that because i'm sitting there watching that movie and like this is gonna be a tough episode but I think mm-hmm. we did it, guys. It's the Bad Movie Brunch Guarantee. Yay. Yeah. I will say us. I'm like, uh, what I do, what I, I wish it would clip along a little faster, but I know that that's Holy like. Holy fuck. It I felt know. like, it felt like <laughs> 90 minutes, like, felt like, felt like. 20 minutes it, in. It felt like five minutes underwater. <laughs> like, with like no air. Like, I was like, what I'm the so fuck? Sorry. After, at some yeah. point. No, it's fine. It's not your fault. Again. I had there's so much that um, I'm like I'm thrilled I watched it I'm happy to have it in my mm-hmm. utility belt as it were but mm-hmm. um, 
it did start to get long. I'm like, where are we going? We know the plot. It's just really mm-hmm. simple to keep churning that, you know? All right, Katie. What do you think? Have we exhausted ourselves on, on gay deceivers? Shall we move into extra credits? Oh, just really quick. I just want to talk about, uh, I just want to make this joke really quick that I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry as the second Pokemon evolution of this movie. Oh, I um, love it. Mm-hmm. And that movie came out in 2007. And I I really do think that that film uh, took a lot of the, the same broad jokes that this one does, but delivered mm-hmm. the heart. And I, I think it was really smart that in that film, the, the son that Adam Sandler has is uh, hinted to be gay. I think that's an interesting element. And that uh, one of their fellow firefighters is gay. And I do think that they actually delve into the issues a bit more while still being broad. But I... I I always forget that that movie has yellow face in it. So, uh, uh, who is it? Rob? Is it Rob Schneider? It is Rob Schneider. Dude, he does everything. He it, it don't like he's he does he does like like Native American red face in a Disney movie. Oh. Watch bedtime stories, man. It's fucked up. Like I like that guy is is. I mean, he's done every offensive stereotype, and I guess people are just cool with it. They're like, ah, oh, classic Schneider. I don't know. <laughs> um, but no, I think I hear it. this is totally the war turtle to uh <laughs> to uh the squirtle that is the gay deceivers yeah and if I, there has to be another one of these movies i hope we get a blast toys like like i hope it's a full-on like let's engage with the gay community but i don't think that there's going to be any more movies like this i think it's a dying breed i'm still amazed we have gay marriage because yeah, i remember I just being gonna say yeah yes mm-hmm. so uh let's see i um Watching a lot of I, I rewatched Boys of the Band recently, which I love uh, the original nice. version. I um, started rewatching Angels in America. I'm now on. Oh, I finished Shrill, the last season of Shrill, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I'm really gonna miss it. I'm sad that they're not continuing for a season four because I think there's a lot of things that would be very interesting to explore. But it ends in a very uh, realistic place. And um, I've really been enjoying the second season of The Owl House. Um, I think Ooh, that what's it, that? Who? That who? Oh yeah! Who? Tell us more. <laughs> the The Owl House is this really uh, cute show on Disney, and uh, it centers on this young girl uh, Luz who ends up in a in another dimension with like witches and everything like that. But it's it's like dark adventure. Like, the monsters are truly terrifying and the world, oh like, wants to kill you. No. Um, <laughs> it, ah. it, but, it's, <laughs> but it's a really cute show. And um, there has some queer thieves that are finally, like, catching up to himself. The first season is pretty rocky because I don't think that they knew how much time they would have to set everything up. So they kind of threw everything at the wall at once. So it's, it's a lot. But now in the second season, now that everything's been set up, they it, it the the writing feels much more comfortable. It we're able to like really explore the characters more, and it's just a really good time. Also, I'm so sorry there is a howling dog in the background because my roommate left and uh, Phantom misses him terribly. So I apologize. That's okay. <laughs> That's all right. No, it's totally fine. Uh, is that everything you watch? Well, we can talk about ours and wrap up real quick. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Dude, we went to, we went back to the movie theater, didn't we, baby? Yes, we did. Ooh. Went back to. We well, don't gotta be that quick. 
You, you said quick. Yeah, well, we go so quick. We, saw we went to Black Widow and... Uh, we went to the Chinese. We walked to the Chinese theater. Isn't that crazy? It's so close. Ooh. I didn't realize how close it was. Yeah, well, you weren't saying that on the way home. You it felt it. long on the way home because you had to walk back uphill, and I was like, can we please not do that? But Taylor's like, no, we have to. I didn't <laughs> Anywho, we watched mm-hmm. it. We both enjoyed it. Yeah, it's super like, like I think... I'll still try not to be super spoilery about it, just because even when this comes out, it'll still only have been out for like a week. But like, I think it. I I talked about it. I on Jake did like a little update on his thing with like film stuff's light, and I just was like, it feels like more than anything correcting one of the the writing one of the biggest wrongs of the MCU by not giving Black Widow a standalone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even mm-hmm. though it came out after we already saw her character get killed off in Endgame. Um, it's still better than not having the flick, and I really enjoyed the content. I was surprised how much you liked it, Taylor. I really was. It was very, it was very pleasant to walk out of that movie and us feel similarly about it. I was not expecting the themes that I feel like are like, uh, if, if you're looking for them, you can find them pretty quickly. I don't, you, you don't want to give away. Anything, well, you can, but... you can do. A, yeah, I just don't want to like spoil major stuff. But like you said, there was articles calling it like a Me Too kind of movie. Yeah, it was like mm. it's basically, and it, it felt hinted to me. It felt hinting at like, uh, and I don't know if a lot of people feel this way, but like, sex trafficking. Totally. Um, I think that, that and like play, child, I think that totally like, uh, just it was, and to see that in a movie, in a Marvel movie was not what I was expecting at all. And, like, uh, I only watch Marvel because Luke usually wants to. So to watch this movie and be like, wow, um, I feel like they're actually covering heavy themes. And then people, like, it doesn't seem like it's being well-received, which I think is really funny because it feels like the standalone, besides Captain, the two movies that have been (laughs) standalone for females, uh, all the Marvel fans seem to really hate and um i wouldn't say people hate black widow um but i, I see what you mean it isn't like the 80s for rotten tomatoes which is a little it seems abnormal. to be the lowest rating mm. of all of the movies can i tell you though that it's making a shitload of money like an oh, absolute shitload it made it's it's like setting up like it's on the way to like an 80 million dollar weekend in the in the theater and 60 million on disney plus opening weekend that is Whew. not pandemic numbers that's like fucking two years ago numbers like that like I, I thought this movie wouldn't get anywhere near that for an opening weekend that's massive and that mm-hmm. shows the pull of marvel so like we liked it and apparently other people paid money to see it yeah so at least there's that and i think but i, I think, just think it's funny i just oh no totally just a 100% agree. trend and and the fact that like we're just getting this movie now is like and brie larson when like we're just we just got wandavision like it just mm-hmm. feels like in the last year they're like wait a second i guess there's a female and i couldn't I can't imagine what it's like for women who've been watching since day one sure. Iron Man to be like, oh, now in this year, we finally get the three heavy hitters for female. I guess when did well, Captain Marvel come out? That was pre-Infinity uh, War, uh-huh. I believe. Or mm-hmm. if it wasn't, or no, 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 it was it was right after Infinity War because they set her up yeah. or whatever, and then, but set in the so 90s and then she's there for three Endgame. or four years? Totally. I mean, it was, well, we went two years without a Marvel movie because of the pandemic. This movie got shoved around. But um, still, it all is totally come it's out. It's one way. of the only curves the MCU has been behind on. One of the only ones that they have not been like leading the charge, and like that's one place where WB triumphed. I mean, they showed they showed you that they can make a Wonder Woman and and make a fucking billion dollars, and they did. Like, and Disney had you know their representation films like Black Panther that made a billion, and then you're right, Captain Marvel. 
uh, when they tried to do a, a female uh, center stage. Um, I like the flick a lot. I think people like the flick a lot, but you're right. It definitely um, got that sort of criticism. You don't know if it gets if there's a Spider-Man. And, and you know, on that mm. note, all of the core Avengers have trilogies and Black Widow gets one movie after her character's dead, setting up Florence Pugh to be the next Black Widow. There's There's parts of that aspect of it that I'm like, well, that's weird. But again, this flick was so enjoyable to me and all the moves I really enjoyed and like, I'm just kind of happy it exists, you know? And it was the perfect movie mm-hmm. to get back to the theater for if you're feeling comfortable enough to do so. Like, I understand people, not everybody is, and, I, you know, if you don't want to go, totally buy it on Disney. But um, <laughs> this dog's so funny. I'll wrap up. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. It's <laughs> so funny. Uh, definitely just buy it on Disney if you want to chill at home. But I think it is a worthwhile watch. And um, one of the one of the... One of the most enjoyable times I've had with the flick in a long time. Um, my extra credit will be um, my boss's uh, new season of Atypical. Yeah, fin- season Ooh. finale, last and season. If you want to see good representation, my friends, my friends, you got to see how Izzy and Casey wrap up their relationship and their um, I like sexual identities because. That show actually tackles those issues in what I thought was a very, very uh, successful manner. And yeah. um, I think it's funny that I was like, wait a second, I can actually tie this to actually good representation. Uh, that show has been out, like, that show prides itself on being outside the box, right? Oh, like, my God. It, it doesn't, it's like a, I mean, from the title, like, all the way yeah. down, like, it's, yeah. it's like, I, I like that there's a sitcom out there that kind of tackles what you're talking about like we're not just gonna do this isn't friends this isn't how i met your mother we're like we're all over the place going for uh something a little digging a little deeper for something a little more oh yes it's um it's incredible it will be it's uh it continues to move forward um i think that she's done a great job to the show itself the main character is um autistic and that is played by what's his cure I'm not going to pronounce it wrong, but he is not on the spectrum. But I feel like they have now actually hired um, several autistic actors um, or um, on the spectrum. Spec- oh, that's not the right words. I'll cut that out because I just totally flubbed myself. Um, but it act- they actually hired people. And um, I feel like they're doing a really great job on representation. And it makes my little heart melt. And I'm really proud of my boss. The end. Yeah, man. All right, we'll go because that dog is crazy. But for... <laughs> Sorry. That's uh, <laughs> totally fun. Uh, for Bad Movie Brunch, I've been Luke. I've been Katie. And I'm Taylor. And I even messed it up. I usually say with that being said, that was way cool. Oh, fuck. Have a good it. one, folks. Taylor.